Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I have no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That battle who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty studios made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic, crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film. All of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. We're on part three of Marilyn Monroe here at Film History. The History of Film. Okay, so we did take a uh, a hiatus mm-hmm. or an intermission, mm-hmm. as we like to call it. Um, mm. Man, and within the intermission, uh, SAG-AFTRA has put out new guidelines for podcasts. Yep, they have respectfully asked that nobody talk about works uh, that are made by struck companies. Yep, and luckily, we're talking about a person. We're talking about a person. We're talking about a human being. Looks like we're going to be talking about people for a while. Today, we're doing part three of Marilyn Monroe. Uh, who? Who? Yeah, I'll tell you who. Never heard of her. I'll tell you who. Just in case you forgot, since Mm -hmm. we took our little uh, hiatus Mm -hmm. intermission. Last we left our hero in 1935. Five years AC after CAG, nine-year-old Norma Jean finds herself newly orphaned and under the care of Grace Goddard. She has already experienced numerous diddles and attempted murders (laughs) and being generally... Generally mistreated by her foster parents. Uh, she even develops a stutter at this time. sag after should forbid us from doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sag after should shut us down right now. Are you I, kidding? I, They're like the Catholic Church. How many fucking actors have they shifted <laughs> around? How many producers have they moved out of town to some more other country? Yeah, DGA stands for Diddles Guild Academy, you know. While staying with Grace and her husband, I'm never Irwin. getting into a union. No, we're never, we're never gonna go to I'm union. I'm fine. Boys. I don't care. I don't. I'm fine too. I love the unions. I just, you know, gotta make the jokes too. <laughs> we did everything right. And they indicted us. They indicted us in 1938. Norma Jean, now 12 years old, finds a more stable home with Grace's aunt Anna Lauer. She attends Emerson Junior High School and discovers her love for writing and cinema. But if you remember. She also begins drawing the gaze of the schoolboys. The gaze? The gaze. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that as well. Yeah. Slay queen. Gays love Marilyn. Yeah. Slay queen. Slay, batch. <laughs> she was the original Barbie. Oh. No longer being called String Bean Jean. Her confidence grows and her stutter diminishes. And uh, she begins to, uh, you know, the, the open wounds begin to scar of all the diddling. Where you stop? Stop where you stop. That's it. That's the episode. <laughs> See you later. Uh, this that's has been not, Film History, the not. history of film. Uh, that's, that's when the war broke out. Oh, God. Good. Okay. Wonder- well, it's finally some good news. <laughs> good news is, is a war broke out. While working in a factory building bombs for Uncle Sam, she's discovered by photographer David Conover, mm-hmm. who made her his top model. And probably <laughs> he made her his bottom bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made her his top model and probably top dame, which is bottom bitch. But back in the day, you know, much to the chagrin of her young husband, if you remember. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was married at the time. <laughs> he was like, darling, stop, stop, please. <laughs> I did everything Doherty. right, and they indicted you. They indicted. <laughs> Jimmy Doherty did everything right, and he was still indicted. He was cut. <laughs> This leads to her discovery by the Blue Book Model Agency, 
I forgot about this. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm giving you a recap. <laughs> At 19 years old, she adopts the name Marilyn Monroe and begins her modeling career. She becomes a sought-after pinup girl, appearing upon numerous magazine covers. Again, despite her wait, when did she go to Max Factor? Uh, that is coming up. Okay, so they didn't give her the name. No, no. Okay. Yeah. She just took it herself. She. It was. Um. What's her face? It was that lady who That's gave her right. the name. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, actually, I think it was that. Blue Book Modeling Agency, where they gave her the That's name. right. That's yeah, right. When I edit episode two, I'll remember all this. Yeah, when you edit episode two, you remember, and then you can edit whatever is wrong here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut it all out. Eventually. I'll, I'll delete the podcast. <laughs> you'll delete, uh, film history will cease to exist. <laughs> Eventually, Marilyn secured a contract with 20th Century Fox in August 1946. Mm-hmm. She received a weekly salary of $125 which is the equivalent of $1,900 in today's terms, and began taking acting, voice, and dance lessons at Fox. Her new life as Marilyn Monroe begins, and she divorces her poor fucking cuck husband, Jimmy, in a uh, much cheaper divorce than Kevin Costner's. Shout out to Kevin Costner's divorce. Shout out! Shout out. Shout out to Costner's divorce. We're going to be shouting that out. You want to shout Shout out? Shout out to that. To one of the many hoes that's t- benefited <laughs> from the cause. I'm gonna put horns there. I'm gonna like really like do it up. Yeah, Every yeah, time yeah. we say Kevin Costner's divorce, Kevin I'm gonna Costner's like really divorce. do it up. Yeah. Shout out! <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> and that brings us up to speed and into part three. Dev wants no part of Kevin Costner's yeah. divorce. I'm never getting married in the state of California. No, that's for don't, sure. Don't. <laughs> Sorry, right. I'm marrying Kevin Costner. In yeah, the state of you, California. You, you can. I didn't know that was an option. 125 Shit. grand a month? 125 grand a month? <laughs> I'll take it in. I'll take it all in. He did everything right and they indicted him. He did him. everything right and I'm going <laughs> to indict him. I'm going to indict him for 125 grand a month. I'll take all the cause for 125 grand a month. <laughs> I mean, why not? You're already taking it for free. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll bring us up to speed and into part three of Marilyn Monroe. And to let you know what's going on during the year that we have reached in Marilyn's career, we'll do a little... When are we? When are we? Perfect. <laughs> 1946. Once again... One year before L.A. Noir. Exactly. One year before L.A. Noir, one year after the bomb dropped. But yeah, no, 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 no. one year before the end and the beginning. The end what, or the beginning. What did we talk about? What was the name of that movie? In the end or the beginning. Oh, the beginning or the end. The that's, beginning or the end. You. Thank okay. you. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yes. The beginning or the end. It's X? a blast. Not that yet. is that, that, that's a, That's from... <laughs> yeah, it's a blast. Um, that is a shot from the movie, was right? That, yeah. Yes. Wait, that's was, a shot. That's a still for the movie. Wait, was that yep. their tagline? It's a blast? No, it's my tagline. Oh, okay. All right. Dev is a, <laughs> Dev is a marketing genius. It's a blast. Is, genius. Is, yeah. a, is genius. You, you guys see, are both genius. You see, uh, Twitter Japan has been making edits of, uh, Barbie and, uh, Saddam Hussein <laughs> because, because, because Universal tweeted out Barbenheimer and so Twitter Japan was like, like, uh, like all of Japanese Twitter was like, we want you to understand how fucked up this is. So they started making Barbie and Saddam Hussein edits to like compare it to 9-11 and making like 9-11 Barbie edits. And they are hilarious. Travis Scott should have made the album Dystopia <laughs> because we are not in a utopia. We're in a dystopia. We are, we are you are, kidding? This is the biggest, <laughs> most hilarious troll on the face of the yeah. planet. Oh my it god, is this genius. is it. I love it. <laughs> it is pretty genius. That not that <laughs> that's the, the pathetic attempt of the response for the troll. The real troll is the movie itself and the two movies themselves. Both things dropped in uh, Japan. So when are we? 1946. <laughs> Once again, we're talking about our old boy, uh, Harry Ass Truman. He's oh, president. Oh, 1946. Oh, do you know what just happened? Yeah. A year before this, <laughs> we uh, created anime. We ended the fucking war! <laughs> Fresh from dropping that Oppenheimer bomb, baby. World War II is over. The boys are coming home. And uh, as you know, the end of World War II. <laughs> the year before this, we created Naruto. Yeah, yeah. The year before this, we created One Punch Man. Uh, World War II is over. The boys are coming home, and they are uh, fucking. 
you know. That, that is, they are fucking like rabbits. All these boys are coming home from war, and they can't kill anymore, so they just gotta fuck, you know. Like, when you, when you just... When Baby making stops, time. Yeah, when the murder stops, when you stop taking people from the earth, you have to start adding people well, to the earth. <laughs> they realize that, you know, all these evildoers slaughtered millions of people callously. So, you know, not only do we have to win the war, we have to repopulate the planet as well. All right? We have to repopulate the stuff that we took away. We have to fill in the gap that we made. We didn't make the Holocaust, bro. No, fuck off. No, we didn't make the Holocaust. We did. But we only killed the bad ones. That's true. We only killed the baddies. But also all our this boys. This isn't Vietnam. Died. We're not talking later. All our boys died. It's time to make some more boys, you know. Especially for the military. Just put them straight in there. Also being fucked in nineteen forty six are all the Nazis at the Nuremberg trials for their war crimes. Hell yeah. So that was going on in nineteen forty six. They did the everything trials. right and we indicted them. <laughs> we did Z I don't think they did anything right, right, actually. <laughs> and say indicted. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It to us. And I think it was they they got hung. They didn't get indicted. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very different scenario. We were just following orders. <laughs> the very first session of the United we're Nations. We're just making ropes. <laughs> and we're making babies. And we're making we're killing y'all and making more. Yeah, we're kids fucking. Over here. We're fucking to this. We're fucking. Oh, I hope people were fucking at the Nuremberg trials. Oh, yeah, they were. They were. They definitely were. Yeah. They would go home that night after watching all those Nazis hang and be like, oh, girl, fuck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come inside you tonight. <laughs> like, we're making another baby. Like, the very first session of the United Nations General Assembly is held in London, beginning the UN. And, of course, 1946, the Bikini Atoll nuclear test. The United States conducted nuclear tests at Bikini Atoll in the Pacific in 1946, contributing to the escalation of the Cold War, and they dropped a bomb on uh, Marlon Brando's island while they were at it, just to upset him. Ru- ruined a perfectly good atoll. <laughs> yeah. Remember the Marlon Brando episode where he no, was like, really. fuck, I bought an island, and then yeah. they started nuking it. Uh, he did everything right, and they did it. <laughs> I did everything right, and they nuked me. In 1946, the song of the year was The Gypsy, performed by the Ink Spots. Can't say that word anymore, The Gypsy. I thought Uh, you said the Ink Spots. Yeah, you can't say the Ink Spots anymore. (laughs) You can't say the Gypsy anymore, but that is the song, The Gypsy by the Ink Spots. And the movie that brought home the little naked Louie for Best Picture was The Best Years of Our Lives. Remember we talked about that? No, I don't. It was in the nuke episode. Dude, I if you think I remember anything we talk yeah, about, you are sorely mistaken. I, me too. And I, I listen to the episodes the most, and <laughs> I, I retain zero information. I, know. I just now started going through our catalog listening again, and I'm like, we did a thing on Steve McQueen. We t- <laughs> yeah, we talked about Bullet. We talked about Bullet. What? We talked about Bullet at some point. <laughs> But no, that was the movie. Who of the is year. James Cagney, and why do we keep bringing him up? <laughs> After the CAG, baby, this was 1946. This was 16 years AC. After the CAG. Yeah, hell yeah. The Best Years of Our Lives, directed by William Wyler. We did talk about what it was in that the about? episode. It was about uh, World War II soldiers coming home. Sounds like the worst year of our lives. It was, Yeah, it, basically, yeah. the best years of our lives should have been the sleep years of our okay, lives. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was a boring movie about. You know, whatever. Early PTSD. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You were in a meat grinder. We get it. How does everyone from World War II not have PTSD? Oh, they did. Okay. They absolutely did. <laughs> My grandfather overturned a table once during a thunderstorm. You know, it was like, it was bad. <laughs> he was like, ah, oh, everybody take cover. It's like, that's just thunder, Grandpa. Dude, it's 2030. It's 2030. I feel like out of all the wars, World War II would have the least PTSD. Oh, no. Because, well, A, it's because we won. So it's like, we didn't lose. Imagine going to Vietnam. But at what cost? Worst conditions. And you go home losing. 
America, Iraq and Afghanistan, we're just walking down the street and your leg blows off. And like we it's, lost that too. it's way, way yeah. more crazy. Like the Korean wow. War, like all these other Korean War had like nerve agents yeah. and nerve gas and like chemical weapons and shit. Yeah, they never made a Call of Duty about Korea, so I don't know and, anything about it. No, and, and the, the Forgotten War. That's literally what they're Yeah, and then yeah. World War One was way more brutal combat than yeah. World War Two because the trench warfare and all the mustard gas. Yeah. And from World War Two, it came from the automization and like the mechani- mechanization of war. It was like a fucking mechanical war. It was being thrown into a meat grinder. You'd literally have uh, eight hundred planes flying overhead, dropping. Like the meat grinder was World War One. World War Two was yeah. a li- it was just a war of like resources and the ability to build shit, industrialize shit. They were both meat grinders. No, no, no. go the listen to Dan Carlin's like wo- the World War One oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's well, World way. War Two as well. The planes they're dropping eight hundred bombs every ten minutes and like yeah, but those bombs were like of- inaccurate as fuck. They just like yeah. went randomly, so it's a- most of the time they didn't even hit anything. Like that's that's why they, that's time. why it's called yeah. carpet bombing. It's because they just need to obliterate the entire area to hit one fucking factory. And I've got hardwood floors, so I'm good. The song of the year was "The Gypsy," performed by the Ink Spots. <laughs> and the movie that brought home the little naked Louis for the best picture was "The Best Years of Our Lives," directed by William Wyler. Uh, but most importantly, here today, 1946 was the year that Marilyn Monroe signed her first studio contract over at Fox. Uh, she Who? Begin- Who? Disney? Who? <laughs> now it is. She had begun her career in 1946 being tested in a few B-movies, her first one being like Dangerous Years and Scooter Who, Scooter Hey. No fucking idea what that is. <laughs> Scoot- that is like a pootie tang phrase? Sada Tay. Sada Tay. Scooter Who, Scooter Hey. And uh, she often played the dumb blonde character. She was already picking that up. The studio also enrolled it's very her. Method. Yeah, very method. Very method. <laughs> How old does the dumb blonde trope go? To her, basically. Wait, really? Yeah. She invented the dumb blonde? Pretty much. She didn't okay. invent it, but like she perfected it. No. Okay. Yeah. No. She, yeah. she, she did not invent the dumb yeah. go How back far back read... does that go? go Shakespeare. Harlow. Really? Fuck Shakespeare. yeah. Midsummer really? Night's Dream. What, what, what are you talking about? There's Why are blonde people dumb? <laughs> just, just blonde women. Just small girls. So the studio also enrolled her in the Actors Laboratory Theater, an acting school teaching the techniques of the group theater, the, the commie stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. She later stated that it was my first taste of what real acting in a real drama could be, and I was hooked. Unfortunately, she didn't really impress Fox too much uh, there in the beginning, so they cut her in 1947. Mm -hmm. They said she was too shy, she was too insecure, they didn't really like her. Mm -hmm. She didn't really make a big splash. You did everything right, but we're going to indict you. Yeah, she she did everything right. She's still being indicted. She's being thrown under the jail. Uh, So she went back to modeling for a bit to get by, still training at the theater, and this was also where a few of her problems began. There's not really a source of how this began. Her problems did not begin. No, yet. no. Her problems began in part <laughs> a long one. time ago. Her problems began when she was like Came out the nine womb. months old <laughs> yeah. and her mother tried to smother her to death with a pillow. Yeah, that was where the problem fucking began. Gladys was the problem that began. And Marilyn was very much from Gladys. She had Gladys's blood running through her veins. And uh, this um, Gladys was a source of her shit. So of glad course, to meet you. Gla- Gladys to meet you as well. <laughs> you are getting indicted mm. under this pillow. Mm. She did everything right. She still got indicted. Uh, but this was about the time that she got into you know drinking heavily and drugging. Oh hell yeah! Yeah yeah. How old is she? Twenty one. She's like twenty three. Hell yeah! That's late. Yeah, That's it's late. time. It's time. Yeah, it's time. It's, it's bedtime. time to start. It's bedtime. It's time to start getting fucked up. You know. I mean, she had already been pretty experienced with it, but it's time now to, like, get pro. Yeah. You know, like, really go in. Mm-hmm. I think she probably got cut from the studio and mm-hmm. was down and out, and We're she booked some roles, you. and, you know. And also, she, she, she had... Everyone knows what this is like as well. She had, like, a taste of success. She saw what it was like. She signed a contract with Fox, and 
was like working with Fox under contract. She saw what the other side was like, mm-hmm. you know, and then they cut her. It'd be like going to the NFL. It'd be like going to the NFL, seeing what this is like, making this money, and then being cut. And it's like, fuck, I'm just going to, uh, whatever whatever you put in front of me, I'm just going to snort it, you know. <laughs> and I'm going to drink it. I'm going to put it in my vagina. So, uh, and, that's, <laughs> and that's the end of the series. Uh, she never made it. That was it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. All right, yeah. She that was it. That was it for Marilyn. She, I she assume she off. just yeah. stopped doing the couch. <laughs> <laughs> she fell off the wagon. She fell off the wagon. She never made it. There never was a wagon. <laughs> her career downtime didn't last too long though. She was getting uh her name out there. Marilyn was definitely Marilyn was getting around. She would frequent producers' offices and mingling with uh, big wigs at studio events. I love mingling. Yeah, she would mingle. Yeah. She would uh, mingle. Mm-hmm. She used her mingle to the fullest. <laughs> she even made it a point to befriend gossip columnist Sydney Skolsky. Gossip Girl? Gossip Girl, basically. Oh. The Gossip Girl? The Gossip Girl. The one they would later make a show about? Yeah, exactly. Okay. She befriended the Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. Sidney Skolsky, and he was getting into people's ears about her. You know, he was, like, putting her in the gossip mags and stuff. Mm-hmm. She made another friend, though, even more important, Fox executive Joseph M. Shank. They were friends? They were friends. I see. They were... They were... They were buddy pals? They were definitely buddy pals. They were platonic pals? They fucked. Okay. Yeah, they fucked. She fucked this dude, Joseph M. Shank, which, by the way... She got a uh, taste of Hollywood? She, she just couldn't get it out of her mouth or hair. Yeah. Hollywood tasted her. She got her. a taste of Hollywood. Hollywood tasted her. By the, t- <laughs> by, by the way, at the time, Joseph was 74 years old. Oh, my God! <laughs> Fuck! That is old. So 70- I didn't even think people lived that long back then. So 74-year-old Joseph Shank is having sex with 22-year-old Marilyn Monroe. Yo, yo, yo. By the way, shout out to Joseph Shank because yep. this is before Viagra. Yes. <laughs> so if you're he able to, have... it's got to be. Also, shout out to her because it's probably her causing him to Man. be able to get up. <laughs> if you haven't gotten up in years, Marilyn Monroe can get you up still. He did everything right and she indicted him. She indicted him. Oh. And he indicted into <laughs> her a lot. You know, 74, 22, 22-year-old Marilyn Monroe. And he's 74. Shout out to her for burying and grinning through that. I, I could not fuck a 72-year-old woman. Like that, I, like, there's but her no way. life was so... Fucked There's up. No way. Her life was so fucked up. She didn't care. No it's shot. Like, fuck it. No shot. Yeah. No shot. No shot. Mm. Dev, can you fuck a seventeen-year-old woman? Uh, if it gets me a movie contract at Fox, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Drake, you didn't get uh, you didn't get made into an artist enough. That's you didn't true, get enough yeah. bottles thrown at you. That's true. Yeah. So while yeah, she's fucking this guy, fuck a seventeen-year-old woman get on a cable channel. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the podcast. PBS. Woman to get on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> to get on fucking uh, I'm Twitch. S- I'm starting to think that old Gladys had nothing to do with this podcast. <laughs> You'd fuck do you guys 70- know Gladys gl- Gladfree? Right. You'd that- fuck a 74 year old woman to get on X. That's the my new Twitter. That's my OnlyFans. I'm gonna start an OnlyFans. It's just me and Gilfs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of thinking uh, you guys don't even know Godfrey. I mean, you know, don't you remember the movie The Producers? You know, no, I right. saw it. He goes around Deb, and ra- he mo- raises money. You should really see. I have movie. not seen anything that was made before Inception. Was this before? They did a remake. I was trying to think of when the remake was. The dead. only thing I've seen before Inception was The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. I don't. <laughs> With so many things wrong with everything that you just said. <laughs> I don't think I would say that name right. I don't think it's so a, either. It's a French film about umbrellas. Well, in the producers, the <laughs> pr- the producer goes and raises money for this theater show called yeah. Springtime for Hitler yeah. by going around and banging old ladies. Springtime for Hitler? Yeah, they Springtime need, for they, Hitler they in Germany. They need, what? The play, they need the play to fail. Du, 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 
shit. It's like an insurance fraud thing. They need Deutschland the play to fail. Deutschland is happy. Was this yeah, made gay. by fucking Charlie Day? What is this? <laughs> Are you kidding? This is Mel Brooks, baby. Mel Brooks. Baby. Mel Brooks. Who's that? Oh, oh my what god. What the fuck is wrong with you? Wait, we don't have time. Get out. We don't have time. Get out of your own house. We don't have. Yeah, get out of your own house. Dev and I own this place now. We don't have time. I haven't seen Blazing, Blazing Saddles. Saddles I haven't seen it. Spaceballs. I haven't seen it. Mel Brooks was. We don't have time. Airplane. We don't have time. No. No. Haven't seen that it. That was the brothers. Who? Um. <laughs> the brothers. So, seventy-four-year-old Joseph Shank is having sex with twenty-two-year-old Marilyn Monroe. Who? And uh, <laughs> who? And he talked to his friend Harry Cohen. The head executive of Columbia Pictures. And he's like, hey, bro, you got to sign this girl because uh, she's fucking me. So from from one homie to the next, you want to, like, throw her a bone? Because I've been throwing her a bone. And I've been telling her, like, you know, we'll throw her a bone. Besides just the old 74-year-old bone that I've been throwing her. And it'd be cool if you did this for me. It'd be real it'd be cool, cool if, if you did. did. It'd be cool if you did, man. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. And Harry Cohen over at Columbia Pictures was like, all right, bro. You're smashing right, it all right, good. All right, all right, all right, all right. As long as I can watch you guys fuck. That's I'll where L-I-B-I-N comes from, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Days and Confused. All right, all right, all right. So she signed with Columbia in 1948. She signs with Columbia Pictures, and it was oh, there man. that they uh, they bleached her hair platinum blonde. It was already blonde, but now they went like fucking platinum shade blonde. lighter, yeah, shade lighter. And she starts being coached by the studio's head drama coach Natasha Lightes, which is, you know, there was a half a second where I thought you were gonna say they bleached her asshole. And I, I <laughs> they went, probably did that too. I went, that is really aggressive they for a film probably, studio to want to do that. Let's be honest. They probably got it all. While we're bleaching, while totally we're bleaching up top, let's bleach down south. You know, why don't we bleach Mexico while we're at it? Cuba. <laughs> uh, yo, so do you know where the uh, game show voice comes from? No. So I, I asked this on, on live because I was like, because I've been doing the game show voice for like nonsense. And I was like, where does this fucking come from? It comes from like a game show radio host in the 19, like in, in Britain in like 1920 something. Yeah. And like that dude from radios in, in like Britain in the 1920s, like paved, like, like set the tone for Holy like the shit. game so much. He was the guy. He was the guy. He yeah, was it's the like guy. This, it's like it's so. It's like almost a hundred years old. That's so funny. And it was like one dude. It was wow. one fucking dude a hundred years ago. Interesting. Who did like a game show voice for a spelling bee? It was for a fucking spelling bee Holy thing. Holy shit! It was like a, like a, some game show spelling bee thing. And like that, it's like to this day we still do that voice. We'll do an episode. It's great. Uh, please, I bring we'll this up because I really want an episode about this guy. We'll do an episode on game shows, and we'll do that dude. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, she does one film at Columbia, a low-budget musical, "Ladies of the Chorus," in which ladies she, uh, of the chorus, ladies of the chorus, in which she had her first starring role as a chorus girl courted by a wealthy man. Um, the irony behind yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty Your much. first starring role is of a chorus girl of a background part. That's like <laughs> saying you're the lead actor in this movie about a background actor. And also <laughs> being courted by an older, wealthy man. Like, exactly her fucking life. Unfortunately, fucking a man older than Quiet Dirt wasn't enough to keep her at Columbia. <laughs> They dropped her four months later in 1948. So the Columbia Pictures deal did not go through very well. She got dropped. She's once again returning to modeling. Uh, she landed a Paps beer commercial. She did a Paps beer commercial. There's a Marilyn Monroe. Paps Blue Ribbon? Yep. Hell yeah. I didn't know PBR was that old. Yes, that oh, old. Yeah, PBR was getting shipped to the Pacific Theater for all of our Navy. Really? Yeah, that is the beer that... Fucking fueled the U.S. I thought Navy. a Seattle dude in a beanie found it in 2018. Monroe had previously posed topless or clad in a bikini for, for other who? artists, including Earl Moran, 
Earl Flynn? Earl, uh, we'll do his episode. And felt comfortable with nudity. Plus, uh, she was high as shit. And, oh, my you know, God. half-hammered drunk, too. So, yeah, she Jesus does this, Christ. like, she does this photo shoot with Earl Moran. Uh, one guy, so, and she does this calendar for Earl Moran. She, like, poses nude for this calendar. One guy who saw this calendar and got a uh, a, a load of Marilyn was a man <laughs> by the name of Johnny Hyde. And Johnny Hyde. That's not his fucking name. That's his fucking name. Johnny Hyde was the vice president of William Morris Agency. William Morris Endeavor? Not Endeavor yet. Endeavor was a whole separate thing. William Morris Agency was a whole separate thing. William Morris Endeavor happened in like the early 2000s. Really? Okay. That was the merger. This is William and Morris. This is William and Morris Agency. Entourage, yeah. Even when Entourage was on, it was still just William Morris and Agency. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. William Morris Endeavor is pretty recently. So William and Morris founded this. Yeah, they founded it in the uh, vaudeville days. Okay, hold on. Actually, like I've been making this joke for a while. Is William and Morris two separate people? They are two separate people. Okay, so there is a William and there is a Morris. There's a William... William, okay. And there's a Morris. Okay. And then there's a Willem Dafoe. Well, okay. There's only one Willem. Yeah, there's uh, only one uh, Willem. He's got a hog that puts everybody to shame. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got, okay. a, he's got a big penis. This is Will, Willem and Maurice. William. Willem and Maurice. <laughs> Endeavor. Agency. Like William okay. Wallace. They'll endeavor later. <laughs> They'll endeavor later. Okay. Endeavor was another agency that spouted up. <laughs> okay. And then they all merged and became WME. Okay. But now they're just WMA. Okay. Because Hollywood makes so much sense. <laughs> it all is, is, it's not just a big Okay, so, uh, uh, William Morris, uh, is Endeavor founded later or is Endeavor a thing right now? Endeavor, I don't know much about the history of Endeavor. I think okay. Endeavor was like the 80s. Yeah, okay. I think so too. All right, that was founded yeah. on cocaine? Yeah. yeah. It was founded by Coke. Yeah. Okay. I think it wasn't Endeavor then, Ari? Yeah. Ari Emanuel. So okay. that was yeah. like nineties, really, like eighties, yeah. nineties. Okay, cocaine and, and cocaine Morris accessories. Agency okay. Started snorting cocaine and they snorted Endeavor. Okay. No, it had to have been started in the eighties because Mark Wahlberg was one of his first clients mm-hmm. and Mark was in the early nineties. With right. Marky Mark, he had his music and then went into film. Right. But didn't they do they did music and film? I think right? so. Yeah. That's why. Endeavor, yeah, okay. W and I think Ari Emanuel graduated from like, like either Harvard or Stanford. I think Stanford with like an MBA, like he was a business school guy. They all okay. did. They were all rich. So the guy who runs, uh, he's the vice president of William Morris Agency at the time, Johnny Hyde. He sees the calendar with Marilyn's tits all over it, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna sign that girl. Let's do it." Uh, so uh, she fucked him. So, <laughs> so she fucks this guy. Hey, look, at least he's only in his 50s. Oh, she's my changed God. It. She's actually wising up, changing tactics. Yeah, you, don't, she's... you don't fuck the studio exact. Exactly. You fuck the agency. Fuck the 20, agent. I mean, she, she bumped it up by 20 years. Yep, yep. She bumped it up by 20 years. She's 22. He's like, you know, 50s. He's also married with a family, by the way. Jesus Christ. Uh, which is great for her. So he signed her. And in 1950... She gets two pretty major roles from him. She gets a role in John Huston's and Concubine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are the two main roles. <laughs> the uh, the secondary roles. Oh, so you mean acting role? The secondary oh, and tertiary role are acting roles. She gets a role in John Huston's Asphalt Jungle. And the other one that's got to be a porno. <laughs> <laughs> Asphalt Jungle. It's my ass's fault. But the other one is uh, All About Eve. Oh, my God. Yes. Really? Oh, shit. Okay. Yes. Do you remember her in All About Eve? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I love All About Eve. That was like. It's one of the few movies I've seen before Inception. Yeah, man. Oh. Yeah, before... <laughs> it's one of the few movies that you've seen before Dune with Timothy, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I've seen nothing before Timothy Chalamet was born except All About Eve. <laughs> movie I've seen before his birthday. Drake has seen nothing before Oppenheimer. <laughs> no movie before Oppenheimer came out has Drake seen. It's the Chinese. They came and they wiped his brain. He's an MK Ultra. The first movie Drake ever saw was Barbie. 
so yeah, she gets this. She gets a role in All About Eve. I love that movie. Man, that was the fucking spark. You know yeah. how we talk about on the show, like we've talked about it. James Dean, Marlon Brando, Steve McQueen, Humphrey Bogart. I don't remember any of these people? <laughs> Who? Oh, we've Kevin talked Costner. about them all. Kevin Costner. <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> there is always a time in their career. Where they do that movie, mm-hmm. and it just fucking launches them. And it, it's usually yeah. like this, where it's like, not the lead role. Yeah. It's some, you know, yeah. background fucking, like, supporting role. Yeah. And it always launches them into stardom. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what All About Eve did for Marilyn Monroe. She mm-hmm. has just launched into stardom. These movies launched her career. And it makes sense. Like, when you see her in All About Eve, I mean, you must have, like, needed a rowboat to get out of the movie theater that <laughs> night. You know, just all the fucking seminal fluids. I saw it in class. And vaginal as well. Uh, you no. saw it in class? Oh, was there a bunch of cum in class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah, came. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you saw it in class, I'm sure you needed to, like, row No, it was of... my film history class. We watched all oh, of you. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. And then there was just, like, a white river. It was just, yeah, it flowed out of the classroom. Yeah. yeah. yeah That's great. how I got to math. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just float in the cum. I mean, yeah. that is Florida. That is Florida. The rivers are made of cum. Cum and gators. Um, cum and gators. <laughs> cum and gators are playing the troubadours Saturday. Despite uh, her... I came in a gator earlier. <laughs> I got a gator. Nephew. I got a gator, baby. <laughs> meet, your, meet your nephew. Everybody, meet your nephew. Everybody talking about crop. latex condoms. I got that gator skin condom. <laughs> gator skin condom? Scaled for her pleasure. Scaled for her pleasure. Gator ate like my that. dick, brother. <laughs> gator AIDS. No. I got the gator AIDS now from I, my ex-wife. Now I just bleed. You can perform your own death roll. That's right. I bleed from, from, my, from my crotch. I got the gator AIDS. <laughs> Gatorade. I believe for my crock crotch. Gatorade. <laughs> Despite her screen time being only a few minutes uh, in uh, in that one movie, not all about Eve, but the other one, Asphalt say, Jungle. More than a few minutes in all about Eve. Yeah, no. It, it, she, it, at, so all about Eve like really did launch her, but Asphalt Jungle, fucking, she looked hot as fuck. Like really? people were really like, people were like, like spurting cum on the on the screen like you couldn't see the screen anymore it was just like who is this it was just like a translucent you know film over the screen of just semen and vaginal fluid well now we know why you can go through flat screens (laughs) (laughs) i'm like why you gonna buy a new flat screen james he's like oh i spilled something on it what the fuck do you spill on your tv and this was John Houston's Asphalt Jungle, if anybody wants to go see it. But beware, like, when you go see it, you know, your balls will empty. Or your vagina tits. Um. Yeah, how dare you assume my sexual components. <laughs> this episode's unusable. Sexual components. <laughs> this episode's unusable. <laughs> Despite her screen time in Asphalt Jungle being a few minutes, uh, she gained a mention in photo play. And according to who? by who she got a mention in in Come Magazine, uh, Donald Spoto said she moved effectively from movie model to serious actress. She moved effectively. Yes, she did. In December 1950, Hyde negotiated. Remember Johnny Hyde? No, seventy-four year old man, or no, the fifty-year-old man That's that she's right. fucking the agent. Okay. Johnny Hyde negotiated a seven-year contract for Monroe. With 20th Century Fox for five hundred dollars a week in 1950. Was that through the old inflation calculator? Through the old inflation calculator, that is sixty-three hundred dollars a week. Okay, all right. That's all like right. twenty-five grand a month. It's I'll like three hundred it. grand a year. I'll take it. Yes. All right. For yes. seven years, though. Yeah, for seven years. That's a little crazy. That'll That's come up. That's a little crazy. That'll come okay, up. Right. That'll come up. She literally at one point runs away. Like that in the next episode, in the next installment of Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe breaches contract and just fucking runs. How many pots we doing? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're doing one more pot after this. At least. And then John F. Kennedy will kill her in the end of the next pot. Don't okay, worry. All right. Yeah. Well, a couple more. He'll 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 kill her and then he'll get the uh, cum bullet, 
you know. Oh, hell yeah. But according to his terms, <laughs> according to his terms, Fox could opt to not renew the contract after each year. You know, that's pretty standard. And uh, Fox also had this plan for her, though. So the 1940s had been the heyday for actresses who were perceived as tough and smart, you know, tough, smart girls, such as Katherine Hepburn. We had Barbara Stanwyck. I love all the Barbara Stanwyck movies. Any movie you get to watch with Barbara Stanwyck, go watch it. It's incredible. Uh, they had appealed to women-dominated audiences during the war years. You know, uh, all the men are aware at war. They're making these movies with smart, tough women because uh, the only people going to the theaters at the time were women because they're all back home working at the theater in the, in the factories mm. and shit. And so uh, 20th Century Fox was like, well, we got to remind them that they're dumb. You know, we got to remind women that, like, they don't mean shit and they're dumb and, like, should make sandwiches, you know. They don't mean nothing about nothing. They don't, they don't mean nothing about nothing. They, they, they didn't do nothing wrong, but we got to indict them. We got to indict them, yeah. yeah. They <laughs> we have to indict them. We have to indict them. So 20th Century Fox wanted Monroe to be a star of the new decade who would draw men to movie theaters and saw her as a replacement for the uh, aging Betty Grable. Betty Grable was like, you know. An old hag. Oh, she was like 30. She's she was like, like 30. What a melting. What a fucking slag. What a fucking, like, her vagina is like too. I've never seen a more crumply cookie. Yeah. Her like, her face looks like asphalt. Yeah. Like, it's like. Don't cr- even look her in the eyes. She's like you'll Medusa. Melt. You'll melt. You'll melt. She's like Medusa. What a slag. She's a 30 year old woman. Yeah. Like, don't even look directly at her. You know, like, you will die, you know. <laughs> so they figure Marilyn Monroe could replace Betty Grable because she's a little bit younger. Yeah, we're going to indict her. Yeah, we're going to indict her. Yeah, they actually threw Betty Grable into uh, Abu Ghraib. Okay. Uh, Abu Ghraib was created for her for Betty Grable to be thrown into because she had gotten too old to act anymore. And so they tortured her to death for the rest of her life. <laughs> They just handed her over to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> the gulag. So Marilyn Monroe was like the new blonde bombshell, you know. And <laughs> Monroe's star image was crafted mostly for the male gaze. They were the male gaze. <laughs> the male gaze? Not the gaze. They wanted nothing to do with her. The male straights. <laughs> Back then it just meant happy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're gay and we're happy. Slay, we're queen. Slay, yeah, bitch. Slay, Marilyn. Yes, bitch. Yes, Abu Ghraib. <laughs> Abu Gays. Abu Gays. <laughs> you can drone strike my wedding any day. Uh, <laughs> so Marilyn Monroe's screen persona focused on her blonde hair and the stereotypes that were associated with it, uh, especially dumbness, naivete, sexual availability. <laughs> sexual availability, which is playing the troubadour. Uh, and artificiality. Yeah. None of these things seem like they're astray from, you know, her. Well, <laughs> that was that was the interesting. So, like, what are they? What is the controversy here? That You're... was the interesting thing about her is Marilyn. Okay, Not Marilyn was a G. <laughs> Marilyn was a G. Marilyn was a gangster. Marilyn grew up hard. She grew up fucking. She almost got killed by the time she was one years old. She was literally like fucking Tupac. Marilyn was street smart, and she was not book smart. Well, she was book smart. She read books, but she wasn't like former, formally educated. But Marilyn was one of those who, she was smarter than she looked, and she knew playing dumb would get her ahead, you know. And Marilyn definitely was one of those who would play stupid, and she would reel you into it and you would bite on the bait and you would think she was dumb and she knew it and she would fucking that's when she started turning the screws you know well that's why she got killed yeah yeah oh yeah Yeah, absolutely she made it all the way to literally to the top she fucked jfk (laughs) and then she did everything right she did everything right and they 
Indromestider. She often used a breathy, childish voice in her films and in interviews gave the impression that everything she said was utterly innocent and uncalculated. But like I said, she was no. not dumb. Marilyn no. knew exactly she what, knew the what fuck she was she doing. She was doing. She played to the strength. Yes. She was like, I'm gonna do everything right. Yep. They're not gonna, gonna indict me. Not gonna indict me. <laughs> And people hated her for it. Yeah. Like, women's groups, feminist groups. They were like, we know what you're doing. We know they, what you're doing. Oh, we know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, oh boy. You know, like. It's like, oh, golly gee. Oh, golly gee. We know what you're doing. You're yeah. saying the feminist movement back 40 years. Yep. But how do you call her out on it if she keeps in character? I mean, it's it's kind of like a mm -hmm. fucking, um, god damn it. What was that fucking comedian in the 70s who wrestled the women? Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. She's sort of Andy Kaufman. It's more like a Chet Hanks, but yeah, right. <laughs> she sort of Chet Hanks did, but she like Andy Kaufman did. She like stayed in character. Yeah, she created Marilyn yeah. Monroe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Norma Jean is still there. Yeah. Norma Jean, who was this yeah, girl, Marilyn's the character. Marilyn's the character. Norma mm. Jean is the girl who grew up in fucking orphanages. Yeah. Yeah. If I were her, I'd rather be Marilyn than Norma. Absolutely. Yeah. And who cares? Yeah. She's. It, it sort of gives you... I'm making money. Like, I'm making money. And if you can fool Johnny Hyde, the vice president of William Morris Agency, into like fucking yeah. you and giving you a contract over at Fox, you win. Mm -hmm. Like You have this thing over him now. You yeah. know? And like I think she used that prowess to empower herself. Mm -hmm. It was like fine. Like think of me as dumb. I don't care. I'm not in, I'm not personally offended by it. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I'll shed all of my fucking layers and let you think whatever you want about me mm -hmm. as long as you give me a fucking role. As long yeah. as you give me money, you know. Anyway, that was Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this was also the point just outside of Barstow. Barstow? Where, where the drugs began to take Oh god damn it. <laughs> The drugs were going to take hold. They had everything right, and they died me a fallacy. We were just getting into bad country. <laughs> God didn't do that. You did. You're a fucking God narcotics did. agent. God Look didn't indict me, bastard. You bastard. You did. <laughs> Look at what God did to us, man. God didn't indict us, bastard. You bastard. You did. What God was doing to Maryland was making her a lot of money. She was <laughs> real into barbiturates. At this time, which were very popular in the industry, uh, she was kind of on the standard schedule for like shooting films. It was uppers in the morning to get going, downers at night to go to sleep, and quaaludes during the day because they were brand new in the 1950s and they oh, were yeah. just a lot of fun. Quaaludes. You know? Quaaludes. Quaaludes. She was quoted by Vogue magazine saying, <laughs> On a daily basis, I consume enough drugs to sedate Manhattan, <laughs> Long Island, and Queens for a month. I take quaaludes 10 to 15 times a day for my that back is pain. Fucking hilarious. Adderall to stay focused, Xanax to take the edge off, pot to mellow me out, cocaine to wake me up again, and morphine. Well, because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Did she really say that? No. no. Oh, God damn it. That's a fucking intro to Wolf of Wall Street. Jordan Belfort oh. to Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, okay. In 1951, Monroe had supporting roles in three moderately successful Fox comedies As Young as You Feel, Love Nest, and Let's Make It Legal. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. According to Spoto, These all could be porn names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all three films featured her essentially as a sexy ornament, but she received some praise from, credit, from critics. Bosley Crowther of the New York Times described her as superb and as young as you feel, and Ezra Goodman of the Los Angeles Daily News called her one of the brightest up-and-coming actresses for Loveness. So she's getting popular. Popularity with audiences was also growing. She received several thousand fan letters a week, like immediately. And she was also declared Miss Cheesecake of 1951 by Stars and Stripes magazine, the Army newspaper, reflecting the preferences Miss of soldiers. Of the Miss Cheesecake. Apparently, cheesecake was another word for pinup models. I don't know why. But uh, it was a Miss Cheesecake. Let's have a good sure. piece of cheesecake. Piece of cheesecake. Sure. In February 1952, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association named Monroe the best young box office personality. And, uh, man, so she's blowing up. She's really blowing up now. She's becoming a star. She's not yet, like, a real star, but she is out there. And she is also just 
fucking. She's on a sex fest. So, like, the more she fucks, the more famous she gets, the more rewards she gets. Yep. Seems to be a pattern here. She had a short relationship with director Elia Kazan. Remember we talked about him on Marlon Brando's episode? <laughs> I don't remember anything. <laughs> I don't remember shit. Who are you? Who are you? Where are we? She also briefly dated several other men, including director Nicholas Ray Nicholas and actors Cage. Yul Brenner and Peter Lawford. I remember them. Yeah. But in early 1952... What did Peter Lawford do? I remember that name. Peter Lawford was the actor who was in the uh, Rat Pack. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He oh, was yeah. the guy who was like, hey, uh, sorry... Sinatra, you can't come to JFK's house. That's right. Or JFK's not coming to your house. He's coming over to my house. I remember this back. In Palm Springs. I remember this. (laughs) But in early 1952, she began a highly publicized romance with retired New York Yankees baseball player, Jumpin' Joe DiMaggio. Ah, from that song. Jumpin' Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. One of the most famous sports personalities of the era, and that is actually where I'm going to leave you on part three today. Oh, hell yeah. We didn't start the fire, brother. We didn't start the fire, brother. I'm going to leave you on part three. We she are going to leave the fire. She is like, she's on the precipice of stardom. The buzz is going. Uh, in part four, I'm going to tell you about how she is launched into stardom, and it is partially because people found out about those nudes that she took. And uh, she fucking took those things and ran with it. She put the football under her arm and ran with hey. that shit. Those nudes come back around. And in the next part, we're going to tell you how she used that shit. Hell yeah. She did everything right and they indicted her. She did everything right and they indicted her. That's been part three of Marilyn Monroe, everyone. Uh, All right. Well, if you would like to see how they're going to indict me. You can follow me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake. I, I live stream every day, 5 to 10. This whole week, I'm streaming 12 hours a day. Yes. Um, you can find me on threads at Drake Cummings, on YouTube at Drake Cummings, on Twitch, fuck kick. You can find me on Twitch at Drake Cummings. And uh, my uh, merch store, Raging20sMerch.com. Woo, Def. You can indict me anytime, anywhere. At Sailor underscore Dev and Abracadabra Dev on Insta and Twitter. You can find on me on Twitter or what? Oh, my apologies. Oh, uh, the greatest application known to man, X. Thank you. X. X gonna give it to you. You can find me at James Y. Scott or Jimmy Deloy, depending on where you're looking for me. You can find us at Film History, the History of Film, or FHHF Podcast, depending on where you're looking for that. I don't know, man. Google all this shit. Google us. You can also find me consuming enough drugs to sedate Manhattan, Long Beach, Island, and Queens for a month. <laughs> this has been Film History. The, the History of Film! You know what I'm talking about!